Welcome to the first interview of the Bruin Success Podcast, where we talk to UCLA alumni and discover the many paths to success beyond UCLA. I'm Katie Russo, and today we are with president of KCRW, Jennifer Farrow, who graduated from UCLA with a degree in political science and psychology. Jennifer, thank you so much for having us at KCRW and for taking the time to talk with us today. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad I get to be the first one. This is really exciting. Yes, we're thrilled that we can have you, and especially someone who's been as engaged as you. I know you were featured in our Excellence in Action Spotlight last year, so we're super excited to get another chance to talk to you and kind of see what's happened since then. So to start us off, can you talk to us about what you do as president of a major radio station, and can you walk us through kind of a day in the life? Um, Yeah, so I am the president of a public radio station, which is different than a commercial radio station. I know nothing about commercial radio. I don't know how they operate. (laughs) Public radio is like, and what we run KCRW like, is um, both um, a a programming entity that creates programs on a daily basis, but also like a community institution. So we're a nonprofit, we fundraise, we build community, we connect people. So just today, for instance, I went from a budget meeting, we have a budget of around $20 million. So we're just doing a checkup on like, are we spending the money that we thought we were gonna spend? Is there anything that we budgeted that we can actually take back into our, Mm -hmm. reabsorb and spend it someplace else? So I did a few of that. I met with um, two or three board members. I have a board of 30 people who are volunteers from the community who um, support KCRW financially Mm -hmm. and also um, support us with their expertise. So they're really skilled and they're in the corporate world or they're attorneys or or various other areas and they really help us kind of look forward at at what's, what's coming and how we should, you know, how we should operate. Um, and then I had a programming meeting where we talked about this new building. So we're sitting right now in KCRW's new facility. Oh, great. We have half of us in here. We're hoping for February 14th, Valentine's Day, to broadcast from this new spot. And it's awesome. very, very complicated. So we were talking about all the technical operations. There's 19 different Um, technical systems that are kind of layered together so at the basement where most of our programming staff is currently over 30 years we've sort of wrapped it together and it's it's technical but we kind of made it the way we need it to be we're kind of holding it together with a little bit of duct tape and then here it's all brand new so it's sort of like going from riding a bicycle to flying a plane (laughs) and it's extremely complex so we're laying out the strategy for like how we're going to train everyone um, what happens when this system is online that changes in the way we operate Um, then we also talked about today um, an event that we're doing which is part of our programming on fires in Southern California. So looking mm-hmm. at climate change, looking at the world ahead, um, you know, seeing what kind of impact does this have on people who live in, in our community, both right. whether they're in an urban area or they're in an area where there's trees and things. And, sure. you know, what does it look like to be breathing that kind of air from here on out? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, all the other ramifications of that. So there's that event. We're talking about how to turn this facility into a community institution so we can have a lot more live programming in addition to all the stuff that we make for listening to. Wow. So that's just tell them about noon today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's super cool. Um, I'm sure just continues to keep you on your toes and all different constituents that you have to get interact with and things like that. Can you talk to us a little bit about your kind of professional trajectory? So how did you go from 
UCLA student studying political science and psychology, um, and kind of what were the pivotal moments in your journey during your time at UCLA that maybe shaped your path to get you, you know, to KCRW today, or what were some of those experiences that you had on campus that maybe influenced your career path? Yeah, I think a lot of it, I mean, in terms of my, the impact on my career was all the stuff that I did outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. So I I was a psychology major at first. I loved psychology. I found it to be, the classes were enormous. The tests were multiple choice. And I'm like, this is kind of too easy. I should be reading and writing more. Mm -hmm. So I I moved to political science. But then I ended up getting involved with the student uh, student media at UCLA. So I wasn't involved with the Bruin, but I was involved with the feminist news magazine, which is now called Femme. And um, we were, it was really a great experience because we did everything on our own. We had advisors, of course, at the at student media who, who guided us, but the design, the story selection, the staffing recruitment, the sales, everything was on us. Uh-huh. And um, it was really amazing to be around a group of people who were just totally gung-ho we worked we you know we created a business basically and we mm-hmm. operated a business right. and I learned a lot about editorial work there I learned about um, my interest in storytelling and really trying to influence people based on information and so through that process I met um, one of my co-editors was doing volunteer work at KCRW and she said you need to come do this you need to come out here and and meet some of these people mm. and maybe they'll let you do a story and I had no experience and I said I don't have any experience she's like neither did I so I show up and I meet this man who was doing an arts show and he said oh yeah great you're friends with Sheila here here's a tape deck go cover this art this dance show oh, wow. um, in Santa Monica and I was like okay I don't even know what that means so I ended up you know, collecting audio, interviewing some people, writing a script, something very similar to what I would do in writing an article, um, but just using audio clips, turned it in, it got on the air, and then I was really hooked. And I really loved it, and I did everything that I could, and then that show ended, and I started just volunteering in other ways. So I started, after I left UCLA, I you know, like probably 80% of liberal arts majors, I had no mm-hmm. idea what I wanted to do. Yep. And I was like, okay, my choices are find, take a job, any job, or go back home and live with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is not an option, so I will take whatever job I can get. So I started working for a criminal attorney as his legal secretary. And I learned a lot about criminal justice, and I thought, oh, you know, this is maybe an interest. Maybe I'll go to law school and study mm-hmm. this. And, um, but the, the environment was really challenging. It was really tough on a practical level from the kind of attorneys I was around, the work, I just didn't, I didn't like it. I did not feel happy. So I ended up just saying, you know, I'm quitting this job and I'm just gonna volunteer at KCRW. I'll take odd jobs and I'll figure out something else. In that time period, I ended up getting, so it was two years that I did that. Okay. And I got offered a job as the assistant to the president of KCRW. And she was the founder, Ruth Seymour. And she really mentored me and we, you know, there were times where I thought, oh, she should totally fire me. <laughs> but we ended up getting along really well, and um, she was really combative, and so was I, so it worked out great. Uh, normal job, they probably would have fired me, but 
Um, and then after a couple of years, I said, you know, I need to move on. I went to UCLA. I've got to go start a career. I can't right. be an assistant. Right. And she said, well, what would you do if you stayed here? And I said, you know, you really need a number two person mm. because it's a super flat structure. A lot of people were afraid to talk to her. They talked to me. And I'm like, I think I could do that. So she said, okay, you can do that. And, um, wow. and then I created kind of, you know, it was very small. It was like 35 people at the time. And so I created a different structure. And became the assistant general manager, not the assistant to the general manager, took out the, <laughs> the preposition and yeah. then became the assistant general manager and ran a lot of the day-to-day stuff, so kind of like a COO. And then after many, many years, um, Ruth decided to retire, and so eight years ago, her job was open and I applied for the job and I got the job. So now I'm the president of KCRW. Wow, that's incredible. What a, what a great story. And I think it also speaks a lot to not only the power of networking, but also just volunteering and finding those things that you're passionate about and you're enjoying and sometimes just, you know, going into something with an open mind and doing good work and, you know, maintaining good relationships can lead to doors opening and other opportunities coming up for you. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's really challenging when you first graduate. I mean, I think when you're in high school, you, you spend so much of your time focused on getting into college and then you get into college and then you get out of college and you're like now what and a lot of people say I want to go to law school I want to go to professional school or something and I think that's okay but I do think that it is really important to um, find out what you like to do and half the time it's really finding out what you really don't like to do that helps narrow it down because we we don't even have I mean I don't have any idea half the jobs that are out there in the world and to you know you can say a lot lawyer doctor Whatever, all Teacher, these people, right. yeah, because you've interacted with those professions. Right. But there's plenty of other stuff where you're like, what is that? What yes. job is that? And what company is that? You know. And I think um, we end up we spend so much time of our lives in a workplace that you know you want around you want to work around people that you like and you want to find something that gives you purpose and meaning. Right. You know. And for me, it was never making a lot of money. That was lucky because I worked. I picked a profession that I didn't have to worry about that problem. Um, but <laughs> you know that wasn't my pursuit. You right. know that yep. wasn't a goal in itself. To me, that right. was pretty empty. So I wanted to have a purpose, and I felt like public radio was one of was my purpose. Yeah, that's super cool. And and what would you so kind of thinking t- about your time as a student? And you talked about being part of the feminist magazine that is now called Fem. Um, what advice would you give to students who maybe are still trying to find their niche on campus in student orgs or clubs and involvement? And kind of how did you find those different things that spoke to kind of what you cared about? Um, you know, I don't know. I think I just, I, at the time, I used to look at the Daily Bruin and I would open it up and I'd be like, oh, that they're looking for, uh, or there's a feminist news magazine. That sounds kind of interesting. I've always been somebody who just sort of dives in and figures mm-hmm. it out later. Um, and I think, you know, what's really important is that I don't know how I would act in today's world with so many diversions in my hand, you right. know, like uh, my phone and stuff that could keep me sitting still and just reading Twitter all day. Right. But I do believe that um, especially, well, really, truly in everything in your life, but certainly when you're a student, you can make anything you want to happen which means mm-hmm. you can go into an organization and it's inst- or a group and if you're like you know I don't like the way they run their meetings guess what you can actually just change the way they run their meetings you right. know and I right. do a lot of volunteering like I I um I coach soccer for youth for kids I I've always been one who will raise my hand and 
And I know as someone who's involved in volunteer organizations, anyone who has this creative advice for you, like, you know, it'd be more interesting if you did this or that, right. that is the first measure of, of you raising your hand because what people in a good organizations do is say, great idea. Yeah. Why don't you take that on right. and make it the way you think it should be, you know? And, and to not take those opportunities when you're in college, I think is a shame because when you get into a work life, you know, then everything starts to get super you know, a little more complicated because yes. people are like, that is actually my job. So right. you're not, you can't right. do that. But in, in, you know, your volunteer world or in, in college and stuff, when you're really doing it on your own, the world is very open to you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take those opportunities, you're missing a chance. So it's, it's sort of like a, a lot of it comes from within because it's so easy, easy to be passive and sedentary and say, I'm busy. Right. And then we're all busy. We make ourselves busy. Yes. It's all about priorities, you yeah. know? It's like you could say I'm, I'm too busy to um, look at my phone and read whatever's on my phone. I mean, we could say that, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I'm too busy to, to go to sleep. But for some reason, we still find time to go to sleep or to eat. So you, you can make your own priorities. And I think it's a it's another mis- misnomer and mistake for us to say I'm too busy because right. it's just not true. It's just like you just haven't made it your priority. You yes. Know? So true. So true. And. What advice would you give to students who were looking for internships or full-time roles and wanted to maybe even specifically get into roles in radio and media? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, volunteering is really a, a, a benefit. I do understand, though, that some people cannot afford to do that. Right. I had the luxury of being able to live like a complete poor person. I borrowed like $100 a month from my mom, and I scraped it together, and I could afford to volunteer, and I did odd jobs on the side. Um, And I do think that you have to look at the early parts of your career as an investment in yourself. Mm -hmm. And so my investment was working catering jobs so that I could work during the day at KCRW as a volunteer. Um, So, you know, when you look look long like that, you, you can think of it... Uh, that way, but also you can take jobs that maybe you're not so interested in and really find out why you're not interested in them. Right. The other thing, too, that I think is really valuable, if you feel at all compelled to be a leader in, of any kind and you think that you would one day be a manager of people, it is great to be managed by people to understand mm-hmm. how to manage others. There's not really so a school true. that teaches you how to manage people. Right. People will say, oh, I'm gonna get an MBA. That does not tell you how to manage people. Right. It tells you how to create like lots of spreadsheets and graphs <laughs> and charts and speak a language that most people don't understand. Right. But it does not tell you how to deal with the complexities mm-hmm. of human beings. Um, and so sometimes when I uh, reflect on management, I just am like, how do human beings actually work together? It's remarkable because we're so different and contrary. And, and even like, so last night I was at a dinner that we hosted at KCRW for some of our largest donors. And I was sitting next to this donor of mine who runs a business. And so we were talking about, she's in this group called like YPO, which is this kind of CEO group that's across the country. And I said, well, what do you talk about in your group? She says, oh, we always talk about HR. Because, again, yeah. it always comes down to the difficulties of working with other human beings. And, right. you, again, you can go and read a lot of books and you can think like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this process in place and I will not have HR problems. That is not true. Right. You are always going to have HR problems. I mean, hopefully you'll know how to manage them with some, you know, a little more skill. But I think that when you go and get managed by someone, especially if they're a terrible manager, 
it's like, oh, keep a list and remember for yourself yeah. when you're in that role that you don't do those things right. or analyze why is that a bad role, you know? Right. If you're around a great manager, you know, keep notes of why that person is a good manager. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's the way that you ultimately get to advance because in a lot of, you know, matrix-driven operations that we work in, you know, managers are identified by the by the top performers like oh that person is really great at executing on all these things let's mm-hmm. make them a manager which doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a great manager right right, right. but you'll find your you may find yourself in that position mm-hmm. and if you and most people don't know how to do that so keep notes yeah definitely <laughs> and do something horrible i think i think you know that like that whole concept of failure like oh i picked the wrong path for myself the truth is like that wrong path is also that that guide that helps you narrow what the right path is Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's so true and and thinking about that idea too of like keeping notes of different management styles and you know how people supervise you in the workplace I think is so true also with just why the value and importance of students volunteering and doing internships to start to learn about those organizations that they do like and where are these places that I fit in and is it the people is it the culture like what about the culture makes me feel like I'm enjoying my time here um and I think yeah, I can think back to my experiences too in grad school and just doing different internships and being like, this is great, but it's not, this is not the, the end direction I want to end up in. Or I'm getting great skills from this, but there's things about the supervisor that I don't like. And, mm-hmm. you know, being able to process those with kind of your safe people and those people in your support system to figure out, you know, what am I looking for in not only an organization, but a supervisor and things like that. Um, and I also think too, if you can't, if you can't afford to, to volunteer because you need to get a paying job um, and maybe it's not in a field that you have any interest in, sure. you can also uh, reach out and set up informational interviews with people and ask them about management <laughs> because nobody ever asks you about management. They always yeah. want to ask you about, oh, how do I get to work at this particular place? Right. But nobody asks a manager, like, talk to me about your management challenges because they're, right. that's all you think about when you're a manager. <laughs> you're like, let's talk about HR. And everyone's like, oh, my God, like, can I complain about that? Um, but it's not something sexy or interesting right. that most people want to talk about. But, but you can do that kind of stuff, you know. And then in that process, as a, as a student or aspiring person who's aspiring to work in, in a certain field, you can start to let this person know a little bit about yourself and what your interests are. Right. You know, and then and then that's another way. And I, I, I don't want to ever use the word networking because I think it's a kind of a transactional yeah. phrase. But but it's really more about building relationships. Right. And sometimes those relationships are really just one way, like I just want to know what you're about. But mm-hmm. but somehow in that process you can often get on people's radar. Like you know, people often people want to help others. You know, right? And that's why asking is so powerful. You know, like, can you do this one thing for me? Even if they say no, right. it makes it makes people want to then help you in some other way because they feel bad that they had to say no to you. Right. You know, true, true. Yeah, and I think too, informational interviews and things like that. When you take time and energy to, you know, show you're interested and show you care about either learning about the person or their company or what they do. Like you said, you're kind of making that investment and that can lead to opportunities. And I know for me, doing informational interviews has opened doors and I've got to meet, you know, this person through this person. And ultimately that's nowadays, that's how people find jobs is those connections and the relationships that you build that you end up being like, oh, there's, there's a connection here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a, a role, you know, that will open up down the line for me. What's the best advice, whether it's career or life, um, that you've ever received from someone else? This one woman I met um, said to me, 
don't waste your fertility on a particular guy. Like she was, she was talking to me about my, my personal life, mm-hmm. which I wasn't really thinking about, but she said, you know, you have to think about that. Um, and she was a woman who was 40 something at the time and she had not had kids, but that mm-hmm. was something that she had always wanted to do. Right. So she pursued her career and she got connected with this one guy and it, and she wasn't thinking about it as like, is this the person that I'm gonna, you know, end up with, mm. and or build a family with? Sure. And she felt like, you know, if she had paid as much attention or some attention, that she, this some amount of attention that she had spent all in her career, her life would have been more well-rounded. Mm. And I didn't waste my fertility on anybody, <laughs> but I just thought it was a very interesting concept. And when you're when you're a woman trying to um, you know, most women in today's world are going to be working. We are responsible for, you know, having the children. And, and as a working mom, I wanted to be as invested as I possibly could in the time that I had with my kids. Sure. So I ended up doing a lot, way too much. But um, but it's important to prioritize that if that is a priority for you. And I, I think for anyone, for men or women, if or for whatever kinds of relationships you want to end up being in, if family is something that mm-hmm. is important to you, then there's a way to fit it all together, but it deserves some attention. Absolutely. No, that's that's great advice, especially for so many people in thinking about, you know, what are those things that you want to have in your life? And no matter what time or when that, you know, presents itself, keeping in mind what's going to allow you to, you know, have those opportunities and things like that. Yeah, and I think that... Um, you know, again, we spend so much of our time working, but, you know, we are living our life. You know, having having a great work life but an empty personal life mm. still makes you feel empty, right. you know? Yes. And uh, I don't know. I just think that it all goes together. Yeah, definitely. Um, and finally, what does success mean to you? To me personally or, like, as a platitude for the, <laughs> for the world? Um, we could take both. Uh, I think, one. well, okay, so for, t- for me, I think success as, a, as the head of KCRW is to position this beautiful asset of KCRW in the right place looking forward. So my job is to look, you know, five years ahead, ten years ahead, and say, what does this institution need in order to be relevant now and in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is the thing. I'm, I feel like I'm holding on to a gift that I will someday pass on to someone else right. at the appropriate time. And, um, and I need to make sure that this organization is not only protected, but set up correctly to navigate what's coming down. And that would be success for, for me. And so that includes my senior team, allowing them and, and everyone on my staff Um, removing any barriers that they have to being able to achieve what they should be achieving. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times um, we, you know, we have to understand what our roles are and what we can actually do. Um, And, and so for me, rather than focus on the many, many details that I, that I would like to change or contribute, I I really try to think of like, how can I allow other people to work better? Mm. So that's, that's, kind of globally and I th- or personally but um and then of course my family like being connected to my family and feeling like they uh get the best out of me you know yeah and then in terms of like what I think success and how I define it when I look at others um I don't know, I think that that being able to have 
um, reflection and humility mm -hmm. in your life so that you can change. Because I, I was talking to, and this is a kooky story, but I, I went to a hypnotist in order to stop eating so much chocolate. Um, so I did that for a while, and I'm still eating chocolate. Not to say that <laughs> hypnotism doesn't work. I just sort of abandoned that, that effort. But in that effort, I said to this person, uh, he said, how did you do last week? And I said, well, I, I failed. And I, he said, why do you think you failed? And I said, because I am still eating chocolate every day. <laughs> and he said, you didn't fail. You just haven't, you just haven't succeeded yet. Huh. And I'm, so I didn't, I'm still eating chocolate, but yeah. I did hold on to that thing that he said, <laughs> because I really do believe that. I think that um, we have so many opportunities to, um, to do well. And, and you always have a chance to, not to fix what you've done, but to, to, to be a better person. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I do think like overall, um, if you contribute to society, you're a success, whether that's mm -hmm. volunteering to coach soccer or, you know, helping other people or contributing money that you've made in a job that doesn't maybe contribute to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, but you give back that and give to your community to me that's like that is a successful life because that says it's not just about you and you're not in a selfish pursuit um and that you care about what happens around you for everyone right. even for people who aren't yet born you know right yeah wow that's powerful well i think you brought up so many great you know ideas and pieces of advice for students to reflect on and think about as they you know, continue to explore opportunities on campus and think about, you know, what their career may look like after they graduate, um, especially for students who, you know, are exploring entering the world of entertainment and media and radio. Um, so we just want to thank you so much again for taking time out of your schedule to join us today on the Bruin Success Podcast and be our first guest. Um, we're, th we're thrilled that we could talk to someone and an alumni as amazing as you. So thank you so much oh, for my pleasure. joining us and for your our conversation today. Absolutely. And any Bruin who wants any help, just reach out to me. I'm always available. I give advice. I love giving away advice. <laughs> but I'll connect people if, if you need a connection. I, I want to always help and give back to the, to the Bruins to UCLA. That's awesome. Thank you, Jennifer. Sure. You've been listening to the Bruin Success Podcast. Our guest this week was Jennifer Farrow of KCRW. You can find more information on her in the description of our podcast. Follow Partnership UCLA Alumni Career Programs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, or share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're back chatting with Greg Wolf of Fox Sports 1. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.